Welcome into the All 22 Daily. I'm Chris Lombardi and I'm joined by Ray Cotto. Ray, we kind of messed up. We we timed out offense perfectly where we had all this downtime. We did two days per position, did two two people per position per day. It was really nice, but we're kind of on a time crunch now. So for defense, we're going to have to speed things up a little bit. So today we're going to go through the entire defensive interior that we want to talk about, which we're going to do four prospects. And Ray, you're going to kick us off. So go ahead and do that. Yeah. um, So a name that a lot of people are excited about, people have been hyping up, is Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle out of Pitt. Uh, He's a fun player to watch. Uh, I'll I'll give him that. So uh, a lot of intriguing stuff there. Maybe not fully aboard the hype train, but I like a lot of what I see. Uh, So uh, Kalijah Kansi, just uh, to do the quick overview uh, six foot and a half, 281 pounds. Uh, he had a four, six, seven, 40 yard dash with a 1.64, 10 yard split. Both of those times are elite, uh, only 30 and a half inch arms and nine and one eighth inch hands. So, uh, not big on the frame or length department, but uh, a lot of giddy up, uh, in his legs and overall athleticism. So Kalijah can't see what you see on the field. He comes out of his stance really low with good leverage, and his hands are always ready to engage and disengage, and they're violent. He's got a strong uh, punch and a lot of force behind it to disengage from opposing blockers. Uh, He has a very good push and pull. Uh, He gets inside with his hands despite not having great length. Uh, He still sort of gets inside and sort of wins that hand battle and gets into the opposing lineman's chest. And then from there, he sort of gains control and can can basically control the rep from that point on. He's got a good swim move, uh, but he always punches first and gains control before going to that swim move. Uh, a lot of times people think a swim move is a, is, is a finesse move similar to the spin, but in reality, it's a pretty physical move. That's all about control first. If you don't main, if you don't get control or win control before trying a move like that, alignment is just going to get into your chest and control you. So you need to bring the action to the opposing blocker first before you do something like that. And he's very comfortable and does a very good job of that. So overall, he's an in-control player with a good motor. Uh, I saw a couple snaps where he lost the initial hand battle, but he does keep on fighting uh, throughout the rep, especially in pass rush. Uh, and you can't get cute against him. So if you ask uh, your center to perform a reach block, it's just not going to happen. He's too quick. He doesn't give uh, the opposing blocker any surface area to work with. So he's going to split the gap every single time. Um, and now to the negatives, which are somewhat predictable, I guess you could say, for a player of his stature. Doesn't get much push at all versus double teams. Uh, his legs will seemingly die uh, in that scenario. Uh, and he seemed to wear down as the games went on, especially against uh, Tennessee. Um, he won on a gap exchange late, but one-on-one, he just looked less effective as the game wore on. Uh, Darnell Wright actually put him on the ground a time or two. Uh, but in overtime, they had a good, a good battle where uh, Wright sort of pushed him past the pocket, but then he kind of worked back inside with a spin move to try to get some pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I believe on that play, though, Tennessee scored a touchdown uh, in overtime. So, uh, but yeah, overall, he's a good penetrator and a high motor player. He's got some good pass rush inside, uh, but he's hit and miss versus the run, especially against North Carolina. He got washed a lot and uh, was just completely sort of walled off against double teams. 
Uh, and again, he loses his effectiveness seemingly as his snap count rises. So what's the ceiling? Is this a player you're going to have to have on a pitch count uh, with a specific role? Not quite sure, but there's a lot to work with. Okay, so I think first thing you touched on is kind of the biggest story around Kansi, right, which is the height weight. He is in the two percentile for height and the four, fourth percentile for weight. So he is as small as any other player at his position. He's as small as they come, but he's also as quick as they come, which you talked about. Um, one thing just wanted to mention also is just like from a grading perspective, he is one of the better graders of the defensive interior that we've seen in a couple of years uh, at the, yeah, at the defensive interior position, right? 92.4 pass rush as a defensive interior player. So I just want to talk about why that's special because a lot of the guys coming out, right? Are these big body defensive interior players that are more built for the run, right? And when you're talking about defensive interior, um, if a guy is athletic and, and quick enough, a lot of times they end up just saying like, Hey, you're 6'5", 300 pounds, lose 30 pounds and go play edge because you're going to be more valuable there. But, you know, he's only six, six feet tall uh, and that's not really an option for him. So, you know, he has to stay there. He has to stay at that position. And, you know, guys in the NFL that have that similar skill set, you know, you get a you get a lot of Aaron Donald and Oliver comps. They are very um, valuable players for, for the defensive interior, interior position, just as pure pass rushers from the inside. Yes, he's going to struggle against the run. He's too small. Uh, I, I just see in my head him going against Creed Humphrey and just how bad that would turn out for him just because he would never get pressure. And a guy like that would just take full advantage of him. But he, he does have some elite moves, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I guess, you know, the question that's in the back of my mind when I'm thinking about Cancy is, is he actually a top 15 player in this draft, right? I think in a normal draft, we'd probably just say no, but in a draft like this, where there aren't that many elite prospects, is he a top 15 player? It's funny. I asked myself that same question as I was going through his tape, because normally he's a, he's a guy I would have around, you know, 23 to 25, somewhere in there, probably, probably low to mid twenties. And so my immediate answer to that, when I asked myself that question was, no, I don't see him as a top 15 player, but I don't see 15 players as top 15 players in this class. I don't think. Um, So I'm still sort of sorting that out. I think in this particular class, he may end up in the, in the mid to high teens, maybe 17 to 19 ish range um, probably there, but I, I would say he's probably in the top 20 in this class. There's cause like I said, there's, there's a lot of exciting traits there to work with. Uh, it's just, you have to be sure that you have a plan for a player like this, because if you just say, well, this is my first round pick, go out there and play 35 snaps a game in, in all standard fronts, it's, it's, it's not going to end well for, for him or you, uh, he's, you got to use him, you know, and tailor him to his strengths and in those, in those pass rush situations and, and sort of use him where he can be disruptive and don't rely on him too much. Uh, whenever you can really just lighten the load when it comes to defending the run, because he's not that kind of player and you don't want him expending himself on those reps when you really need him to get after the quarterback. For sure. And I had a note that I thought he was stronger than I I kind of expected, right? Like watching his film, I do think he has some strength to him. He's not Aaron Donald strong by no means, but he is a strong defensive interior player. Obviously he proved at the combine that he's fast enough but he decided not to bench 
and I would have really liked to see what he can do there. Uh, but let's move on. I have Brian Brisset. Uh, can't start the convo around him without mentioning that he was the number one recruit of his of that high school class. So he's he's one of those prospects that people have had the eye on him for five years, right? He's he's been in the spotlight. Uh, Twenty twenty four seven Sports had a score of him out of high school at. 0.9995, which is like insane, right? I think Trevor Lawrence was like nines across the board. So like he's he's that close. You know, they thought he was an elite prospect coming out of high school. Um, and he's been, he's always been seen as this athletic big man from the inside. Um, saying all of that, he went to college and he did not have overwhelming success that you would think of of a prospect of that caliber. But a big reason is because he faced a ton, a ton of adversity. So I'd say freshman year, he had some success, uh, played in almost every game, graded pretty well as a pass rusher, and then, you know, got to play in the Ohio State playoff game, had 35 snaps, 82.2 pass rush grade, and actually got a sack. So like as a freshman, this this elite prospect comes in and he plays pretty well and he plays well in the playoffs. You got to be excited about that, right? And you're expecting year two, him to come in and just absolutely be insane. And that was the expectation up till four games in the season where he tears his ACL, right? So season's over, but he actually makes it back to game one in his junior year in 2022. Uh, and then he has to deal with the death of his sister, right? So um, misses some time. Uh, he has some like nagging injuries himself that he's dealing with his junior year, but he does play in some games. And then just, you know, at the end of his college career, you look at the numbers and you're like, wow, this elite prospect has only played 912 snaps, right? So we talked about guys at the receiver position yesterday, like a Zay or a couple days ago, like a Zay Jones, who played 2,500 snaps, right? So, like, this is a guy that's played bare minimum snaps that you'd want to see it from a first round caliber pick, right? So, very little. Uh, but my, and that's going to be the biggest knock on him, right? It's just going to be he played in limited time. So, uh, that's the biggest knock. But Brees is still only 21. Brees, Brise is only 21 years old and will have an opportunity to grow by whichever team takes him, but I do think that they would be taking a project. Why do? Why would a team want to invest in a player like that? And I think there are a bunch of good reasons. So I already said, right, number one, recruit out of high school. Uh, but besides that, he has a ton of physical tools, right? He's 6'6", 300 pounds, uh, just about, and he can absolutely move. He ran a 4'8", 6'40", and a uh, 1.71 10-yard split. And uh, that 40 time, right, that's good for the 93 percentile. So that's, that's elite, right? We're talking about an elite... 40 time from a big man, a guy that's six, six. Um, and then just what did I see on tape, right? He showed a ton of good stuff on his limited tape. Uh, my favorite part of his game is his quickness to win on stunts. He is one of the best stunters. I don't even know if that's a good word to use, but <laughs> stunter uh, that I've seen at the defensive interior position from a prospect perspective. So he times things super well, gets to his spot. Um, and he won a lot of that uh, on his tape. And that's one of the the biggest things I, I liked about him. He he sets himself up for success play after play. He's a very intelligent player, so I like that. Um, he he's strong enough to blow up plays, right? He has that massive frame. Um, he's able to blow up guys. Uh, I saw him do that in the backfield, right? So like he wins on a stunt and then gets to the black backfield. A running back tries to step up and he's just going to blow them blow them over. So I really like that about his game. Uh, a few knocks I have on his game is just he plays a bit of out, a bit out of control with his body. It reminded me a lot of a guy like Max Crosby, actually, a guy that like doesn't look good doing it, but what he does is good, if that makes sense. Um, 
And then just, I don't think he's really developed enough moves with his game. You don't see him win in, in enough different ways, uh, which was definitely a concern for me. I think the other thing, just that Clemson defense had a lot of really good players, right? There's Trenton Simpson, and then there's uh, my boy Miles Murphy uh, on the edge, right? So there was like elite playmakers on that defense. Two guys I just mentioned might actually be first-round picks alongside uh, uh, alongside Brian. So uh, definitely concerning there as well. You know, I don't know if he had the pressure to really be just a dominant presence on that defense. Uh, but he did have an 80-plus pass rushing grade in both his freshman and junior seasons, and I really like that. But teams will look look at that and say, I could, I could advance from here, right? That He showed me enough I could advance from here. But I think the biggest thing for him is just whether or not he's motivated to be a great player. Uh, when you watch his tape, I think that – there's concerns with that, right? The motor just on every play, like a guy like Cansey has, I don't know if, I don't know if Brian shows that enough, but in all honesty, I think he just really needs a fresh start. I think he's going to go to the NFL. A team's going to invest in him. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about all the other things in life and he's just going to get to play football maybe for the first time, you know, in four years that he's just going to get to show up and play football. So I'm really excited for that for him. And I think he does have a bright future in the NFL. Yeah, I like I like how he's he's pretty smooth and he comes off the ball pretty low for a six five plus six six uh, defensive lineman. It's it's really just a tale of 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 two tapes. If if you watch twenty twenty one, you know September twenty twenty one tape, you go, oh this this guy's this guy's on his way to being a monster. Uh, and then obviously the knee injury happens, and in twenty twenty two he just looked like a guy recovering from a major knee injury. In the combine, he looked like he was back or on the way back, and that was good to see, and that was encouraging to see. I think, like you mentioned, given the frame and the disruption that he played with without being so refined with his technique is an indicator that there's a pretty high ceiling to work with there uh, from a player perspective. So I think he's the kind of guy that should go in the first round. And if you see him start to slip, I don't think it's necessarily anything that's a concern with his athleticism or skill set as a player, but more so the medicals, which we just, you know, as, as lay folk don't have access to, um, that the teams do. So he's one of those guys where I think if he's not off the board in the first 25 to 30 picks and you start getting into the early second round and he's still not off the board. That's when you kind of start looking around going, okay, there's, there's probably something here uh, and that's not a good time. But if he does get taken early, like in the top 30, I think, I think that's a good sign for him medically. And then it's a matter of, okay, here's a player with a lot to work with. What's the situation look like? Because if he keeps ascending the way he uh, sort of ascended from Early 2022, early 2022 to the end of the season, to then the combine and then beyond. I think you got you got a lot of clay to work with, for sure. And I think it's uh, when you have a prospect like this with all of these tools, who's highly regarded, the athletic profile that he has, you have to bet on it, right? And we saw Trayvon Walker go first overall last year just because people thought he was a toolsy guy, and sometimes that outweighs production in in the NFL unfortunately I don't think it should but sometimes it does and I you know 
if you're going to bet on anyone, I think this is a guy to bet on, right? Because I think a lot of the things that happened to him were outside of his control. So I want to see him be put in a position where he can start controlling uh, more things, right? He can start controlling his future. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. But go ahead, shoot off the next guy. Yeah, the next one is uh, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. So here's another interesting one. Uh, and sort of how he contrasts to the first guy we we discussed in Kalijah Kansi, right? So uh, Keanu Benton, uh, six three and a half, uh, three hundred and nine pounds, uh, thirty three and seven eighth inch arms, so thirty four inch arms, let's say, five oh eight forty one point seven nine ten yard split, nothing, just about average on the forty there. Uh, a little uh, less than you'd like to see on the 10 yard split there, um, but good vertical broad jumps and three cone drill and shuttle times um, all pretty good. And what you want to see basically checks all the marks there. So you're dealing with someone who's got a bigger frame and more length, but not necessarily as much spring or explosion in his legs. And that's kind of what you see on tape, right? So uh, my notes on him, uh, it's funny. I, I, I sort of compare how much I had on Cansey versus Benton. And it's much less on Benton because what you see is exactly what you get. He's pretty much that same guy consistently, right? So on Benton, he's a good pass rusher who always keeps moving forward. He has a really good club rip and crosses the face of an opposing offensive lineman pretty quickly. Um, unlike Cansey, his feet don't die on contact if he if the opposing lineman has some help from the side or something and and he's engaged with two blockers his feet keep moving. He sort of keeps pushing. He's always fo in forward motion, which is good and what you want to see. He's got some real power in his hands and he always stays square against the run when flowing to the ball. So uh, a lot of times that uh, Wisconsin will line up in a three-man front, you got a lot of size and beef uh, over there. And so a lot of opposing offenses will try to sort of work the horizontal game, the stretch game and in, in the running game. And Benton did a really good job still flowing to the ball. You didn't see his shoulders turned at all, uh, where he would basically get sealed off from the play side. Uh, against the run, he was always square and again, always moving forward, putting a lot of pressure on the opposing running back uh, when playing the run. He can stand to sort of improve his play strength, right? His his punch wasn't necessarily devastating and he is a big, uh, again, a big player down there, but the punch I, I thought was pretty average. Leverage was typically fine, but not to the level as you'd expect of someone like Cansey, who again, you're talking someone who's six foot four versus six foot and a half. Um, and so, but because of that leverage, that inconsistent leverage, he could get washed out at times. Um, but I think the long and short with him is where exactly do you put him and where is he best? So I see Keanu Benton and he's not a super quick three tech. He's not a super strong stout, you know, trash can full of dirt one tech. He's more of a balanced, good athlete who can play both well, but not great or elite. So what is his best full-time fit? I'm not exactly sure, but he's a good player who's sort of going to give you good, consistent effort from the interior and sort of be like a subtly disruptive player. Benton kind of threw me for a curveball when I, when I looked at his kind of measurables to production standpoint, he's, you know, not the biggest guy in the world, right? But he's uh, he's he's heavier than I would you know six three three oh nine. That's kind of like that. He's two inches shorter than Brisset. 
and he's 10 pounds heavier, right? So he's like a more compact version. But when I looked at his grading, he's a much better pass rusher, it's, it, it looks like, than he is a run defender, right? Which which kind of confused me, right? And, and it's weird because I look at a guy like that and I say, is that going to translate in the NFL? I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 tough. And like I said, he's where where's his best fit? It's it's what was he asked to do? And and uh again, Wisconsin with that three man front, it's it's kind of tough, right? It's more so it's not a one gap three three man front, it appeared to be, you know, at least on tape. So it's like, are you just freeing it up for the backers to sort of make those plays? And you know, yeah, every now and again you'll be uh, you know, you'll make a play and you'll sort of be disruptive on your own, but outside of that. Uh, there's not opportunity there to really make a big singular impact. I think that could be a part of it because, again, physically, I didn't see him lose many one-on-one battles, mm-hmm. be it through athleticism or strength. So that gave me the, the the confidence that he can perform well in a role like that, but not to the level of, okay, yeah, here's my full-time one-tech. He's He's that dude for sure. Because again, he's sort of in between, like you mentioned when discussing his frame and and size. He's he's not the prototypical one tech, but he's not the super athlete disruptive three tech either. So again, he's a bit of a tweener, but but a good player. Sure. And while I think that when we were talking about the first two guys, I think both of those guys have the opportunity to be elite players in the NFL. I'm not saying it's likely to happen, but I think they both have the possibility. I think the next two guys um, that we're talking about are more, they're going to have roles. They're going to get drafted to a team that puts them in a place for them to be successful, but it's not going to be, you know, them being these like superstar football players, right? I don't, I don't know if they're going to get uh, top of the line money on their second contract, right? But maybe that's, maybe that's okay. Maybe they fit a, fit a team that uses them to the best of the, the ability and they have a great future. But the second guy or the, Last guy we wanted to talk about is Mozzie Smith. Um, he's another 21-year-old, but he played all four years of his college career. Um, he started for two. He started his junior and senior year uh, for Michigan. And as a junior, he showed a ton of promise with uh, strong games against Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Indiana. Uh, what concerned me is that he had these really great games during the season. Then he gets to the playoffs and he has a 61.4 grade against Iowa and a 57.8 against Georgia, right? When you're talking about the teams that have NFL talent on the defensive side of the ball, especially in you know the last couple drafts, those are the two teams, right? Those are the teams that are going to have talent that Mozzie Smith is going to see at the next level. And he really didn't play great against it, right? Um, but I saw a little bit of improvement his senior year. As a run defender, he accounted for 32 stops. So that means that uh, the offense lost on those plays. He beat the offense on those plays, and that was good for eighth among all defensive interiors. Um, he shows some pass rush ability as well. You know, maybe not a crazy amount, but he had 19 hurries his senior year, or yeah, his senior year. So like to see that. Um, but he's a really high motor player. When you watch his tape, he's a high motor player. He's got pure strength. He's one of the strongest defensive interiors of this class. I think he's the strongest of the guys we're talking about today. He has a rip move that's one of the best I've seen, but he relies on it a lot because that's his strength, right? He has a really strong upper body. He's just going to throw people out of his way. He's going to rip. He's going to go under them, um, uses a swim a little bit. Uh, and I, I would say that he has a little bit more speed than his frame would suggest, which is something I really like. Um, but yeah, he's highly condensed body, right? He's 6'2", 
323 pounds, right? So you're fitting a lot in a very small frame. And he's got surprisingly good length. He has 33 and three-fourths inch arms, which is actually an inch and a half better than the 6'6 Brian Brisset. So interesting size, right? Like super interesting, but he has really strong arms. Even though he has length, he still has that strength. He did 34 reps on the bench press, and that's what you see on film, right? He uses those strong arms just to throw people out of his way uh, with that rip move. And I think he's just going to be a really great high effort player, but he's going to be a rotational piece at the next level. That's kind of my take on him. Well, I was with you to the last part there, but uh, yeah, I, I like, I like Mozzie Smith's game a lot. Uh, I, I like, unlike the, the other guys mentioned, he's the clear one tech type player. This is your big man up front, but He's a big man with some athleticism, with some with some juice to his game, and I love to see that. Right, the the length that he play that he has and uses to his advantage on the interior there, I like a lot. Uh, he's he's physical. I I I, lo- I like what I guess what I like about his game the most. Yes, there's physicality, there's athleticism, there's size, but his strengths are not dependent of his surroundings. He's a tone setter. You could have a weak defensive line around him. You can have a lack of pass rush on the edge, but you know that on the inside there, this big man is bringing it. He's clogging things up. He's just sitting there just, he's fighting. He's brawling in there in the middle, and that makes life easier for those around him. So I I like that as a tone setter uh, moving forward for his future a lot. And a lot of times with those one tech defensive tackles that come into the league, you, you scout them and you go, okay, but there's some heavy feet involved here, right? He does not have heavy feet. He does not have lead feet at all. He's got heavy hands and light feet, which is what you want to see. Now he needs refinement. Like you mentioned, his, his moves are a bit limited. Um, he's got the rip and, and that's it, but he really needs to expand because Grown men, NFL offensive linemen are going to get used to that and they're going to be expecting it. He's going to have to win in other ways. He's going to have a plan. He's going to have to have a plan and he's going to have to expand uh, his toolbox, so to speak. But I think he could do that, right? That's the that's why we pay these coaches these these high six-figure salaries, right, to, to, to do that and grow these players' games. So I'm a big fan of Smith because I think what you're working with is something that not a lot of other players for his role have when they come into the league. I, I saw the speed on tape. I agree with you. I saw the speed on tape, but I wish I would have seen him do it at the combine to prove it, right? And then just on top of that, right, with the way the NFL is going, it's such a pass-first uh, league now. They throw on 60% of passes, even more than that, I think. And he's not going to be a consistent pass rusher. So will he be on the field for three downs? I don't know. We talked about the strong run defense grade, but the pass rush grade of a 68.5 as a, as a true senior, a little concerning, right? He's one of those guys that he had 1,200 snaps across four years. It's not a lot. So like the sample size is, is still limited. Um, I don't know. I think he's enough that, you know, he's going to play enough where he's going to be able to be startable in all 22. I just worry that, you know, will he be, like you're talking about him being a, being a, kind of like a level setter for, for a defense Will he be that for your all 22 team? Yeah. If they're playing, uh, I don't know if they're playing a team with a young quarterback, if they're playing, you know, 
a run heavy team. They play in the 49ers. Where's, uh, where's Jimmy G these days? Vegas. Yeah. If he's playing <laughs> Vegas, he's going to crush it. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm sure that team's not going to air it out, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think he's good enough to wear in all 22. You're gonna, he's going to be a plus matchup depending on his matchup, right? He's the type of player where if you go, okay, he's going against a run heavy opponent this week or a team that's, that's weak in the run blocking grade overall. He's going to perform well. You're going to want to start him in one of your two or three defensive interior spots, depending on which formation you go with. Because if if they lean into that and that becomes a part of the game plan, he's going to perform well for you there. So um, he won't be a bona fide every week start no matter what matchup proof player. But there's there's very few of those, right? So you're going to, for the most part, outside of maybe the players that you pick in the first eight to 12 rounds of a startup, you're going to be playing, you know, with matchups here or there. And I think he's good enough of a player where you want that. And he can be, he can be an asset to you in those situations. Sure. Well, Ray, I wish we had more time to talk about defensive interior players. I wish we had an, another day to do it, but we don't. So tomorrow we're going to switch over to edge, which I'm really excited about. This is my favorite position of the 23 class. So thank you everyone for tuning in, tune in tomorrow to hear about the edge if you haven't yet, please give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at all22 underscore PFF and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in.